Thank you for tuning in to Hacks and Hobbies with your host, Junaid. In season two of Hacks and Hobbies, we're visited by our amazing guests coming from all walks of life who want to learn their story, their struggles, and their journey on how they got to where they are today. So stick around. In this episode, I get to speak with Candice Fati. She's a dynamic TEDx speaker, and I had the opportunity to experience that face-to-face, in-person at the TEDx Ashburn, uh, which was one of the first TEDx events out here. And she had also spoken at the TEDx Tysons. And just learning from her about the limbic brain, and it just, just blew me away because like... I'm the person of the mind and I love talking about the mind and how it is so powerful and we can make it do whatever we want. So listening to the story, listening to the talk, I was super blown away and I decided, hey, I want to bring you on to the podcast and share with my audience (laughs) the powerful information that you shared with us. So Candice, thank you so much for taking the time and coming on to the podcast. Well, I just wanted to say thank you so much for having me on Hacks and Hobbies. I'm I'm super excited actually to be here with you. We definitely come from the same hive, if you will. Um, mm-hmm. You know your interest in uh, beekeeping and you know and their communication and the way that they work together as a as a community. Uh, you know, I had a lot of. I was like, you know, this. He's, uh, he's, you know, kind of like a, a beautiful weirdo like myself. So I was, <laughs> I was, I told my husband when, when you told me about, you know, hacks and hobbies, and then I got to hear a little bit of your background and how you got into beekeeping and whatnot. I thought, wow, honey, he's a beautiful weirdo like me. I'm so excited. Um, I'm so excited to find my tribe. So I just wanted to say thank you so much for, uh, for asking me to come on. And uh, yeah, it's wonderful. It's wonderful to be here. So, yes. Certainly happy to have you here. It's, um, yeah, we, we did have a really good conversation a few weeks back and we just, we were on the same plane and same thought. Yes. And, yes. and it's, it's just uh, like, we're miles apart, but, you know, being on the same level and playing field and listening yep. Yeah. It's just so fascinating. Yeah. I heard something recently. It was actually on um, Super Soul Conversations with Oprah. And mm-hmm. she was speaking with a speaker uh, from, I guess he's from the Agape movement, forgetting his name right now. But she's talking about, you know, basically that your tribe has your vibe. And oh, yeah. As you begin to vibrate, uh, you know, at the, at the level where, where you're supposed to be authentically your your tribe just kind of comes in on that level with you and they you know it pulls in the the more that we are you know authentically ourselves you know the more that we are just uniquely awkwardly weirdly operating on our own vibration so yeah absolutely yeah we definitely have the we are part of the same tribe yes yes so candace it's really fascinating to hear about the the talk but there has to be some backfilling like where did it all come from what's your story was you know what journey did you take to get here right right well my journey actually began 
I, you know, I began my journey as a misfit. You know, I was told as a child, this was an accident. This was a mistake. This was being a misfit to other kids around me. I was actually uh, twice exceptional as my, I started school. At, I think I had just turned four years old. So mm. I was reading before four. Nice. And I passed, I passed all my kindergarten tests. Um, and, uh, you know, all the testing that it took in order to be able to put me into kindergarten. And um, so I was the youngest kid in my classroom, as well as being probably the only Afro-Puerto Rican in my neighborhood. And mm. so kind of twice exceptional. I didn't look like anybody. And then I was the youngest kind of the youngest mind there. But I was keeping up with everybody, right? You know, I was reading, reading and writing and counting ahead of my age. Yeah. And so that situation being kind of twice exceptional, it caused a lot of bullying and there was a lot of struggling, you know, a lot of struggle. And so that, wow. you know, so bullying at a young age, and I share about this in my TED talk uh, very briefly, but kids would make fun of my Afro and they would make fun of me and so they'd call me, you know, names like the N-word. And, and um, I, you know, this one day, my teacher changed all of that just by a simple act of compassion. Hmm. And uh, she asked me, you know, what was going on. She asked me how she could help. She didn't assume that she knew how to help. She just, she noticed that something was amiss. A and she, she asked me what was going on. And I told her, I said, I think they're making fun of me because I didn't have my hair comb. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, you know, I mean, cause yeah. when you're a child, you have no idea about exactly. you know, gender bias, racial bias. You have no idea. You Nothing. know, So in your mind, you're like, oh, it's because I didn't have time to comb my hair this morning. Mm -hmm. So that's the reason why they're making fun of me. Yeah. And she asked me how she could help. And I, 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 I gave her, I pointed out a, um, told her I needed to have my hair Afro picked. And, uh, you know, she was not, uh, she was not an ethnic woman. She had no idea what an Afro pick was. And mm -hmm. I pointed out a picnic fork that was on the table and I said, Hey, you know, it looks like this. Can you, can you use this to pick out my hair? Yeah. And, you know, and she picked out my hair probably, you know, maybe, you know, two seconds, three seconds. But mm -hmm. the moment I understood that I was safe, yeah. And I was okay. I I was able to join the rest of the kids on the recess and mm -hmm. you know it's funny because some people have asked me, "Well, did you get bullied after that?" And I'll be honest with you, tonight, I had no I I don't know. No idea. No idea. Mm -hmm. Because in my mind, I I I was a part of a tribe. Yeah. So in my mind, my, once my mind thought that I was in a safe place, you know, didn't it's care. like, it's like the matrix, you know, the arrows are coming in and you know, they're flying right over your head. Yeah. You know? Um, and so I was able to do very well in school, um, obviously. And, you know, and, um, but you know, the struggle, the struggle continued obviously through, uh, through college. Mm -hmm. I didn't know how I learned. And so it actually took me eight years to finish undergraduate school. Oh, wow. Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I didn't, you know, the learning of how I learn and how my limbic brain is and, 
you know, where my inner genius lives. Uh, that has been a recent phenomenon for me. And I had to figure out if, you know, what Einstein said was true. You know, it was basically their word, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. They being the, the collective they. Yeah. It was either their word or Einstein's word, you know? And Einstein says that we're, everybody's a genius. And, you know, so he was either telling the truth about E equals MC squared and, and lying about the genius part. Or maybe he really had discovered that, you know, we all have an inner genius. We just need to know how to tap into it. Yeah. And so that kind of started my journey. But it was really just the struggle of trying to find my place, trying to find my purpose, you know, believing the bullies or, or believing the, the, the genius. <laughs> exactly. And so I put, it to, I put it to the test. I put it to the test. Yeah. That's beautiful. So... I, I don't know where to relate because maybe, first of all, I have very bad memory of my own childhood. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and there, there are some memories that I have and for some reason they're vivid because of the traumatic effort or effect that they had on me. They say. So I remember being choked when I was in kindergarten, I think. Same. That's the only thing I remember. Same. And then the, there's some other things and a lot of my memories come from my grandmother retelling those stories. Okay. So that was, that's really like, and to tell me, you know, I would always run out that run out of the house and I'll always be outside playing and never mm -hmm. want to be indoors. Mm -hmm. And I see that. But what, what I wanted to get to was, you know, it's really interesting to see that once you're in that safe place, you're now able to like, all right, everything's okay. Let me use my mind and let's get to, you know, let's get to the happy part or to. Yeah, let's learn. Let's, let's learn. Yeah, let's discover. Let's invent. Let's innovate. Let's create. Yeah. 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 Your mind is not able to do that unless it's, it's it, unless it's, no, it's safe. And so like probably for you. So my husband comes from a very difficult childhood. He's a war refugee. Mm. And uh, so he experienced wartime and over in the Middle East. And so, you know, there's a lot of things that he doesn't like to remember because of the trauma. Mm. And, you know, we were, it was interesting because there are certain foods, for example. So your limbic brain holds, it, not only does it hold your, your most authentic self, but it also holds uh, long-term memory it holds music it holds sensory yeah. um so things like taste and smell and feelings and um touch mm -hmm. uh, you know sensations like heat and warmth you know all of that limbs lives there in the limbic part of your brain and so it's interesting how the way that he's able to kind of go back is by like eating foods that his mom made him when you know before the war times and or being outside like you said you know, mm -hmm. you know he was telling me how he remembers playing with his cars and playing with marbles yeah. over and over and over for hours and then yeah. you know and then when you know his mom would call him in he i just got here meanwhile you know, <laughs> <been> out there <laughs> 
for like 10 hours. Yeah, yeah. Flicking the marble a certain way. You know, I used to play with marbles too, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, there was the hopper, there was the flick with your thumb, there was, you know, there was all these different ways. That you, Interesting, yeah. Yeah, that you would play marbles and stuff. But I think that it's kind of like taking care of the child within, you mm -hmm. know? I have yeah. a friend that wrote a book about that. And taking care of the child within is kind of like being us as adults going back and just tapping into that safe place. Mm -hmm. Because that child actually, our, you know, the childhood brain, I'm, I'm sure you know this probably, but just for our audience that maybe doesn't know, but mm -hmm. an infant's brain is actually more powerful than a supercomputer. Yeah. And so we're actually smarter as children <laughs> than we are as adults. And so that's one of the reasons why we kind of want to go back and tap into that, that special part. Absolutely. Because that, that is when we were actually at our, <laughs> our highest level of genius, our highest level of empathy, our highest level of compassion, our highest level of forgiveness. I mean, think about, you know, how children, you know, even, even these kids, these older yeah. kids that were teasing me and calling me the N-word, I had no idea what a, a tigger with the N-word, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? The, mm -hmm. I yes, know, I get it. Uh -huh. I had no idea what yeah. the tigger, is that like Winnie the Pooh? I, I, no clue, no clue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it, it, it didn't make sense to me. And so, you know, children have just a wonderful capacity their eq is just higher than ours capacity to love to forgive to have empathy to respond gracefully you know all the things that uh to be vulnerable i mean you know and so they they're very courageous absolutely um, yeah so th that is where the yeah that's the the golden ticket that's the game changer wow that's really interesting and and of course it keeps reminding me or, or, or keep going back to thinking about my children and, and their behaviors. And it's that learned behavior, right? That they mm -hmm. learn from others, especially their parents and mm -hmm. siblings. And like I always tell my sons, whatever you guys do, your little sister is going to learn. <laughs> and they'll be like, you know, but we don't want her to learn. Like, well, <laughs> can't. If you don't want her to learn it, then don't do it yourself. <laughs> you know, it's it's really interesting, and and so, and it's also what's also interesting is each child brings their own personalities. Yes, I can tell my older one some things, but then if that same tactic, nope, will yep. not work <laughs> with the second, the second one. one. Yep. yep. And all the, yeah. the, the third, and we're like, you know, oh my God, this is really hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's it's like what we were talking about in our first conversation is that yeah. all of us divinely uploaded with you know with a with a software already. Mm -hmm. We already have software uploaded. Yeah. We don't. Unfortunately, it's factory you know, installed. It, it's already factory installed. It's already factory installed, and so the othering that takes place once we learn how to read, once we learn how to speak, 
it's a lot of othering, you know, a lot of categorization, a lot of siloing, a lot of othering that takes place. Yeah. You know, it's us okay. and others. But there was a time that you and I and your children, we all spoke, you know, a time in our life that we all spoke and we were all operating on the same vibration. We were all, you know, we all spoke the same language. Yeah. And we understood each other. Um, yeah, exactly. And we understood each other. And then, and, you know, and then we take on learned behaviors. <laughs> yes. We take on learned behaviors. We see somebody doing something yep. and we do the same. And, and that reminds me of back in the days. Well, not back in the days. It's, it's basically when there was two crow fighting and this mm -hmm. is like way behind, right? And one crow died. So then mm -hmm. the first crow, he basically dug in the ground mm -hmm. and buried the dead crow. Mm -hmm. And this is around the same time when first man killed another man. Mm -hmm. And he's like, I don't know what to do with the body. Mm -hmm. And God sent the birds to tell him, this is what you do with the dead body. Mm -hmm. So that was really fascinating and interesting. I was like, wow, it's the same language that they're teaching, that God is teaching us because, you know, he created all creatures and everything. Mm -hmm. And he's sending a message through these birds. Mm -hmm. When our kids are growing up, that's exactly how they learn. They look at what the parents are doing. They look at what their siblings are doing and boom. Yeah. No wonder everybody walks. Yeah. Yeah. The thing that's beautiful about children as well, when we were younger, is that uh, they learn from everything, right? Mm -hmm. And so you have, you know, children that are, for example, they, they may be obsessed with uh, animals, yeah. right? I think of mm -hmm. Temple Grandin and how she, you know, she was, she loved hus husbandry, which mm -hmm. is, you know, cattle and horses. And she loved being on her, you know, her auntie's farm. And yeah. She learned so much mm. from from watching them, you know, and observing them. And um, <laughs> it's a uh, yeah. We were all, we all speak. You're right. We all speak the same language as even as the animals, you know. And they learn. Mm. They, they learn. You know, children have the humility to learn from everything. You yeah. know, they can learn from a bug, they can learn from bees, they can learn from animals, they can learn from plants. Yeah. You know, children are really amazing like that. And and they will learn from anything as long as they know that they're safe. Bravo. Es, right? That part right there. Exactly. Exactly. Because some things that are interesting is... You know, my when my child was younger, he was scared of dogs. Mm -hmm. Initially, he was not. Then something happened. He was, <laughs> this dog came barking at him, mm. right? And then he mm -hmm. got scared. And now he's scared of, of dogs mm -hmm. for like two years. Mm -hmm. but now he's opened up again and now he, he's petting dogs and whatnot. Mm -hmm. so that was that was really interesting to see. You know, it's like, all right, this is a safe space, and that mm -hmm. dog probably didn't understand what was going on. He was just mm -hmm. protecting, uh, or or maybe that was his way of, I don't yeah, know, being, being happy or being, being loud. 
Maybe yeah. it was just the loudness, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so that, yeah, you know, bark, loud barking makes me feel scared. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's just really good. So when you listen to the TED Talk, um, um, is there a special memory that you remember? Um, um, you said, you know, being with your grandma, always being outside, or yes. was, was there special food that you remembered as you did the, uh, the genius exercise? Hmm. That's a good, that's a good, uh, no, I didn't, I didn't do any exercises, but. Uh, well, I'm saying when we did the search, yeah, when right? Yeah, we did the we talk, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't remember if I did a. I might have done an exercise at that point. I just can't remember what you thought was specifically. Well, yes. Maybe we maybe we could even do that yeah. today. Yeah, let's do that uh, today. You know, on the on the podcast. On the podcast, yeah, let's do that. Yeah. So I'll just do a, a brief. I'll just explain just really briefly. Mm-hmm. So in the TED Talk, what we talked about were the three parts of the brain, and we kind of talked about the the master alarm sergeant in your brain, which is your reptilian brain, uh, which has been there since, you know, the beginning of beginning of time. And, you know, it was put there in order to be able to sense danger and sense when you were kind of being snuffed out (laughs) and, and sniffed out against the crowd because that reptilian brain would, put you into three modes of fight, flight, fight against it, uh, freeze, you know, to, you know, freeze, yeah. or you would flee and run away. And what we talked about, you know, uh, in the TED Talk was just that, you know, in order for us to be able to kind of tap into the the genius part of our brain, or even be able to take in the information into the prefrontal where we do the, the reading, the writing, the judgment, the, uh, the arithmetic, the higher thinking. Yeah. Uh, we need to have those alarm systems turned off. Otherwise you can't enter the house. Right. Exactly. And so we talked about having, being in a safe, calm space, either mentally going there, you know, maybe our situation is not a great situation. Mm-hmm. You know, I know I had that growing up that there wasn't a whole lot of safety around me. And so I had to, I had to escape to safe places in my mind in order to be able to survive the day, survive the week, survive that season. Yeah. And then, and so then we, once we talked about safety and finding the safety and turning off the alarms then we kind of talked about the limbic brain and how each each one of us has a very unique blueprint right we have a, a unique limbic brain print yeah and so the keys that work for you are not and you know are not going to be the keys that work for me or and the keys that work for me are not going to work for my husband right um and what I realized is, you know, I, I kept telling my husband, well, see the visual, see yourself as a child. He was like, no, 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 no. I don't do that. <laughs> no, 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 no. I don't want to go there. No, no, no. We do not, you know, you know, war refugees do not do that. <laughs> yeah. That That's, is not PTSD what kicking in then. Yeah, 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 exactly. I have PTSD kicking in. And I was like, okay. So then 
let's approach it from a different angle, right? Because as opposed to seeing the pictures, right? Let's take a different, let's take a different path because there's many paths to the limbic brain, right? There's your five senses. So it's what you see, it's what you smell, it's what you taste, it's what you feel and touch, you know, it's emotional and it's also what you hear, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah, so like you were saying that you would hear the stories of your grandma. So maybe we could do that. Maybe we can take a deep breath. We can do that right now. Okay. All right, let's do it. So you know that, I, and, and for those that are listening, you're in your, find a safe space, a quiet place in your house. Okay, so we're just going to take a deep breath in. We're going to close our eyes. And we're going to imagine ourselves as children before the trauma, before everything, right? Before the times that we felt the safest, the times when time would stand still. And we could do it for hours and hours and hours. And it would feel like no time has passed. There are certain smells, there are certain tastes, um, there are certain feelings, there's pictures sometimes, sometimes there's music or sounds that we would hear. Now, take another deep breath in. Blow it out. Okay, so what what did you see? What did you hear? What did you taste? Where were you at, Janai? So there was one moment I remember uh, in my life when I was a young child. I think I had um, jaundice. And mm-hmm. there's this one lady used to come and she would, cut some kind of vegetables and I would just sit there. So I remember that one quite vividly, I think. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if there's any trauma related to that specific one, but I re- remember that one interestingly specific. How old are you? Do you remember? Um, I think I was four maybe yeah. three or four how did you get jaundice well it's um it's pretty normal in in uh, in the southeast asian people see, see, see. yeah my um, kids all had jaundice but it was at birth yeah so yeah my kids all had uh, jaundice at birth but i had it later in life and, and i'm not sure what caused it Mm-hmm. But, I remember but she would, that. she would come every day and make you like a certain vegetable to help you yeah, with your jaundice. I think so. Hmm. Did you uh, spend a lot of time like in the sun? You know mm-hmm. how they try to get you to sweat. I probably did. I mean, maybe that—that's where I get the. Maybe that's where I got to. The habit of being outside all the time. Yeah. 
because the, the, they, they want you to, you know, the, the Birribilin, the Birribilin, I know I'm not saying Barry, it, uh, The Billy Rubin. The Billy Rubin, right, mm -hmm. in your liver, yeah, in order to be able, they, they want you to sweat and be out in the sun in order yeah. to be able to turn the liver on. Yeah. Um, and so that it, it, it cleans the bilirubin out from the blood. Yeah. Right, yeah. right, 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 right. And yeah, in fact, uh, I, I, you know, interestingly enough, my, uh, my OBGYN told me that, you know, parent moms who nurse mm -hmm. actually, because it's such a cleaner way to eat, yeah, a lot of times the children will have jaundice mm -hmm. uh, because it, it's it's so clean that it's almost like the liver doesn't even need to turn on. It doesn't exactly. need to filter. Anything. It doesn't even yeah. need to filter anything. And so, and she's like, you know, don't worry about it. And and I and I said, well, do I need to give them Similac? And do I need to give them all this man-made food or mm -hmm. man-made milk? And she's yeah. like, nope, nope. She was like, no, you don't. <laughs> she was like it will all come out your baby's gonna be healthy the liver eventually will turn on and yeah you'll be fine she was like you'll be fine but thank nice. god you know thank god she was a, gra a great grandmother mm -hmm. she was a, you know she was a great grandmother and a grandmother and you know and she happened to be my OBGYN nice to kind of to kind of help me to put things into perspective yeah you See, know, she's like, your baby's fine. Yeah, your baby's exactly. Fine, yeah. you'll be fine. <laughs> so what's what's really interesting? What I didn't learn, like what I learned just now, is that the reason for it is because the liver didn't turn on. Right. Wow. But the liver doesn't have to turn on. Did, uh, so there's oh. See, I see. I never. I was never told that part. Mm -hmm. So that's something new that I learned. Cool. Mm -hmm. What? Well, yeah. Mm hmm. And then the the other reason that they the other reason that we kept thinking so when my first son was born we were we were discharged like two days mm -hmm. and then we had to come back yes we next, did too next day. we did too and we stayed there for a whole week <laughs> and then we stayed there for a whole week too yes. yeah yeah and then he's like in this little sunroom little sunbox exactly. and then yep 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 with the little with the little glasses on yeah and, and then we have yeah. to feed them with the bottle mm -hmm. and we didn't know about his tongue tie because apparently my i have a tongue tie and my dad had the tongue ties so all my kids had tongue ties mm -hmm. so that that prevented him from latching on correctly also. And we're right. just totally going into a totally different topic. But yeah, that was really interesting. And wow, pretty crazy. The limbic brain, the safety net. Safety. And yeah. it's it's really powerful. And and we we noticed that and we were in that almost every day. And yes. um, you yes. we create safe spaces for ourselves. So then we can operate at our highest capacity and companies have, you know, done that in many respects, they'll create really safe spaces. Yes. And it's reminding me of this one, one TV show called, um, I can't even remember. Uh, but in this show, you know, one of the, one of the, one of the employees came up to her boss and, and she said, you know, we should, we should, personalize our desks yeah. our cubicles and he's like oh that's a pretty good idea he's like and she's like you know that will help people to 
I'll pray on better. that. Yeah, yeah. work better. <laughs> so the next day, the company took it upon themselves to personalize the cubicles for their employees. Uh oh. <laughs> they made. That, that's not rocket. what she meant. <laughs> that's not what she meant, right? But this is a TV show, and they have to make it funny. So sure. there's like a cat group, there's a dog group, there's a rocket. <laughs> right. <laughs> and the fish yeah. people. So now yeah. people with similar cubicles are banding together. Sure. And this one girl's like, you know, I'm cat, but I want to hang out with the rocket people. I want to hang out. And then, you know, she's now getting, uh, you know, a kickback or she's getting pushed back. Push back from like other cat lovers. Like, wait, you're a cat lover. Why are you hanging out with the rocky people? <laughs> like, exactly. You know, which, so that which, was. Which goes back to, you know, Einstein's theory, right? Mm, it yeah. says, he says, he goes, you know, everyone is a genius, but the problem is, is that if you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree. Yeah. So basically, what we're doing is, you know, in order for all things to be equal and fair, we we judge we we put everybody on the same standard mode of operation yeah or we categorize them you know and we do the othering that takes place right mm -hmm. the, the cats and others and rockets and others and yeah you know as opposed to no how about we all just personalize it our own unique way yeah and then you find then you naturally find your your tribe mhm mm right Absolutely. yeah exactly. you know like had you not gone after your your beekeeping thing mm -hmm. i would have never recognized you as as a as a beautiful weirdo you understand mm -hmm. what i'm saying like I, yeah, would, absolutely. You, I wouldn't have been able to write because from the outside we look so different but when you're when you're vibrating at your at your authentic level mm -hmm. you're like oh hey that's the person he's on my same wavelength mm -hmm. he's on my same you know, I think of a spider, you yeah. know, and how that, those webs go out. Remember that one mm -hmm. in the movie, Spider-Man, yeah. he makes that huge web mm -hmm. and then he just sits on the web and he listens for trouble. Yeah, that's right. And so it's like you, you know, you make this beautiful web, mm -hmm. right? And then your, your tribe will come in on 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 that vibe like it'll vibrate and you'll be yeah. like oh, okay there's my people exactly you know and so. and that's, that's really that's really powerful because i'm thinking about like other ways and you can like literally punch in those exact words to find my tribe what do i like to do and and that's what Bravo. Bravo. that's what um Seth Godin says, right? Seth Godin says, people like us do things like this. Yes. Right? So you, you're like, oh, I love beekeeping. Well, I'm going to search beekeeping and I'll find all the people yes. that are also into beekeeping. Yes. But I'm a beekeeping in this specific area. And then so you, like the more targeted, the more right targeted you are in searching that specific person or that avatar. So it it totally jives into like sales funnel technology and say you know all of those things because that's exactly what you're doing. You're tuning the radio to the station 
so you can find those specific people. Yeah, yeah, and, and it really goes back to know thyself, right? Because mm-hmm. the more that you know thyself, then you're always going to be, and unapologetically, you'll oh, yeah. be tied into your tribe. Mm-hmm. And the more that you're tied into your tribe, the more that you yourself will surprise yourself like, holy mackerel, yeah. I did all that? Mm-hmm. How'd I do that? Like, you know, I, I look back on these last two, three years, you know, you know, I graduated, I'm first generation. So my, my parents, you know, God bless them. Mm-hmm. They, they, although they, they got, they both were accepted into college. They yeah. started their family pretty much right out of high school. So they never finished college. Wow. So my brother and I are first generation, you know, college graduates. Nice. And then I had the nerve once I figured out how my brain worked, <laughs> mm-hmm. then I got the, the audacity to go after my master's after my master's degree in special education. Yeah. And, and you know, Janae, the thing that's hilarious mm-hmm. is that my best friends that knew how much I struggled in, at, at UCLA, you know, to graduate, yeah. they laughed at me. They were like, oh, you're not going back to college. You hate reading. <laughs> you hate to read. You don't even know how to turn on the, like, you didn't even have computer. We had word processors. Yeah. You know, and like if you had word processor, that was like the the bomb.com. If you had an electric typewriter the, mm-hmm. the time when I was back in college. Yeah. You know, so there was no such thing as like the internet. I mean, there was no such thing. Oh, we're just trying to explain to people. There was no such thing as a backspace button. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> there was whiteout. And if you had, if you were fancy, you had a whiteout with a sponge tip. <laughs> <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that was fancy. That was our that backspace. Was that was like, dang. <laughs> and then forget about when Whiteout came out with like that little rolly tape. Mm-hmm. You could like erase a whole, a whole Line. sentence. That, that yeah. was like, whoa. Yeah. You know? And so, you know, that was advanced technology when mm-hmm. I was in college, you know? Mm-hmm. And so none of my friends believe me. And the thing that was crazy is that I finished ahead of my cohort. Yeah. I started in a cohort and um, for your masters. For my masters, I mm-hmm. started with a cohort and I was behind all of them. You know, most of them were, you know, I was twice the age of most of them in the room. Mm-hmm. You know, and most, I mean, you know, I was the butt of a lot of jokes. Yeah. You know, openly. I think I might have shared with you that openly they, mm-hmm. they you know, I was the butt of a lot of jokes. I mean, even the even the the professor one time pulled me aside and was like, Honey, are people making fun of you? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Oh my gosh. But it didn't bother you, right? No, but I mean it totally I mean it bothers you because you're an adult and you're like, I wanna true, true, know, okay. I wanna I'll 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 show you, you know, I'll show you punk you know what i mean you you whippersnapper you know you know whether it's so yeah i mean yeah it bothers you because it bothers your you know it just bothers your ego and your pride right you know yeah yeah. but dang i tell you once i figured out okay this is how i learn i killed it i think the i i got one b and the rest were all a's nice that's my master's class yeah in in my master's for my master's degree 
And then, and then I graduated on top of the class, like mm-hmm. before the cohort. So most yeah. of the people in my cohort are graduating now. Wow. Are graduating on May 18th. So they okay. haven't graduated yet. So like in 10 yeah. days, they'll be graduating. Um, and so it's a year long um, program. It's, it's kind of like a two year long program, but oh, I was wow, able, okay. yeah, I was able to finish probably in like about 18 months or maybe wow. six months. Nice. Yeah. Cause I just went after it. And so it's just amazing to me how you will surprise yourself once you figure out, you know, once you're able to tap into your genius. Right. Mm. And so, you know, the way that I would get ready for an exam or even, you know, speaking at the Ted talk is I go out and I go for a walk and I do some gardening. Yeah. Nice. And so my husband's like, have you written anything down? No, no, I haven't written anything down, but, <laughs> but the tree looks great. And I've planted a lot of, <laughs> Nice. <laughs> but that was my genius, right? That, that's where I felt the safest. And then when I was able to do that, boom, then now I can be the student speaker and write my speech for, you know, for my graduation day. Nice. And then, you know, I could put together the Ted talk. I mean, you know, Absolutely. I was doing that this morning. I was doing that this morning. You had said something to me that was actually very powerful, and I wanted to kind of repeat it back to you, sure. uh, especially on the podcast. But you had shared something with me, and you said that bees do a dance. Mm-hmm. So they go, they find out where you know the flower is, the food is, whatever, mm-hmm. and then they come back home, and then they do a dance. Yep, the wiggle. Um, and they do the wiggle. And then mm-hmm. that wiggle, those steps, those specific steps is like basically how to find, how, how to find the good stuff, you know, yeah. how to find the gold. Exactly. And I realized that in, in this process of doing the Ted talk and kind of, you know, doing the wiggle, doing the dance moves of, uh, you know, in the Ted talk, you know, finding your, finding your genius. Yeah. I realized that that's what I'm doing. I'm, I'm teaching people certain dance step okay that step doesn't work for you okay visual doesn't work for you because there's yeah. too much esd okay so then let's go to audio okay okay now let okay uh, you know let's let's do the audio step okay no, okay the audio won't work because of loud noises and barking mm-hmm. dogs okay let's jump to let's jump to sensory and taste yeah and you know and maybe it's um maybe it's a certain music that makes you feel safe but there is there is a special like an egyptian sarcophagus or sar- you know like a in the movie uh with uh nicholas cage not the mummy but you know mm-hmm. like in some of those adventures of the lost ark well raiders of the lost ark they have sure. like the egyptian the national treasure yeah like a national trevor like they have like the egyptians had this combination lock, you know, and it had to, it had to be on certain, certain letters or certain, you know, um, certain mm-hmm. pictures in order for it to unlock. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I think that our brain is the same way. And that's what I'm, I, I've discovered about myself is mm-hmm. that certain s- steps and certain movements and certain sounds and certain tastes take me to a deeper level uh, of my genius, you know? Yeah. And, and then I'm able to do even more than I even thought was possible. 
And Absolutely. I don't think that that is unique to my experience. Mm -hmm. I believe that we were all created like that. Yeah, absolutely. And so we all have a specific dance, if you will, just like the bees, mm -hmm. to get us back to that sweet spot. Yeah. And then we can operate from that sweet spot on any given day. Absolutely. Yeah. What's funny is um, Snapchat recently, they've got Bitmoji stories. Mm -hmm. Had a story where they used that same dance analogy. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> Yeah, they had two bees, and the one bee asked the, the first bee, like, hey, where is that really nice flower you find? And it's like, oh, I can tell you. And then he goes and, and do, does a dance. How cute. It's hilarious. And, and the one who does the dance is, is, has a face of, has my face on it. And the one who's asking is my wife's face. So that was hilarious. How cute. <laughs> oh, that's so, so cute. Yeah, that's, that, that's really cute. Yeah, it's, you know, a lot of the companies, you know, what we're talking about, you know, with safety and belonging, you know, and safe place and, and performing at the highest capacity, you know, a lot of companies are actually kind of getting hip to the fact that if they want to have better performance, then they have to operate, then they have to be very, uh, you know, um, careful and protective of their company culture. Yeah. And exactly. um, the ethos, you know, the environment that um, is within their culture. Uh, Gary V talks about it a lot, you know, mm -hmm. how hiring is guessing, firing is knowing. Is knowing. Like, I don't want this, I don't want this, I don't want this. And, nope. and what's really interesting about that is how there's a talk about Apple and, and how Apple's, they say no a lot more times than they'll say yes mm -hmm. because they, mm -hmm. they know exactly what they want in their audience's hand. All right. Really awesome chat. Loved it. Loved it. Uh, Satya is doing a fantastic job being the CEO of, mm -hmm. of Microsoft because mm -hmm. he is leading yeah. the company through empathy. Absolutely. He, He's a, he's a father of a child of, of children with uh, different abilities, with mm. special needs. Mm -hmm. And he has gotten that company, not he himself, yeah, but the philosophy of building on trust and empathy. That's the reason why they're a trillion dollar company. That's and right. so, you know, if, if we want to learn with our little small businesses or we want to learn with our little, whatever, small communities, small churches, small families, you have to build on empathy. You have to build on safety. You know, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's no longer a joke anymore. You know what I mean? It's that's no true. longer like, oh, that's what the hippies believe. Yeah. <laughs> and and no. that's one of the reasons they've, they've acquired or gotten companies like LinkedIn, Bravo. got companies like Linda to help yep. teach and help bring that to the forefront. Absolutely. Fantastic. Absolutely. Yep. All right. So what is one hobby that you wish you got into? So I, I honestly wish that I would have gone after um, anthropology or even mm -hmm. I had written this down. Um, I do believe that there's so much that we could learn from animals. I mean, I'm doing my research now, obviously, yeah. Yeah. you know, with our book about 
our children's book that we've written about animals and nice. you know more children's books that you know we're going to be launching and releasing mm-hmm. about uh different different animals and learning from them but i, I kind of wish that i went after that mm-hmm. um um i was too afraid to mm-hmm. um embrace my my beautiful weirdness yeah um and so i I promised my family that I was going to be a lawyer or a doctor for way too long. (laughs) You know? Yeah. Before before I finally was just like, you know what? I just need to embrace my beautiful weirdness and be good at what I know I'm good at. Nice. Yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah, I wish I would have gotten more into that. I think there's a lot that we can learn from animals, from bugs, even from, I mean, even from microorganisms, there's, there's a whole hierarchy. Oh yeah, absolutely. That is out there. Um, you know, from, from these things that don't even have brains, you Mm -hmm. know, um, uh, anyways, we can learn from, you know, we can learn from viruses. So yeah, I'm, I, I wish I would have, I I wish I would have, you know, embraced my geekiness Mm -hmm. a long time ago. Cause I mean, you know, I, I, you know, they are, they, they are truly my tribe, you know? Nice. Yeah. All right. Next question. And this is about, um, what is your favorite movie or TV show? Oh gosh, I have too many. Um, <laughs> say anything reminds me of high school and all the music, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, Notting Hill is just, I mean, I can, I can always laugh the story of us. Yeah, I you know I always watch that whenever I need to. Mm-hmm. Um, whenever I'm having a hard time crying, mm-hmm. um, I can literally just watch you know the introduction, um, Eric Clapton's guitar playing, mm-hmm. and I cry. Anything Disney because you know with kids, you know how that is. Oh yeah, yeah. Anything oh, yeah. Disney. I mean, I I I probably bring up Pixar. And and cartoon movies in my daily rhetoric mm-hmm. every single day. Whenever I'm, even when I'm doing counseling sessions with these yeah. people, I always refer to because I'm a visual person. Mm-hmm. So I always I always refer to like the visual arts, you know, to kind of make my point. You know, the one movie that resonates um, with our topic, Inside Out. Inside Out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Such a powerful movie. Such a powerful movie. Yes. Um, it's just amazing. And I was listening to a podcast, uh, Pop Psych 101, and there was a conversation and they, they were talking about the movie. And the main person on that podcast, he's a licensed therapist. Mm-hmm. And he was like, that movie was on point with sure. exactly what happens with the brain. Yes. Yes. Right. There's so many. Yeah. I mean, I loved the visual analogies of, you know, pain and family and mm-hmm. memories and long-term memories when they're, you know, and then when things go down into the subconscious. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, and, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. And to that, we have the next question. Who is your favorite superhero? All girls like to say Wonder Woman, right? Because I honestly, when I was young, I mm-hmm. thought that if I spinned around enough, yeah, I would turn into Wonder Woman. <laughs> I seriously thought that. I mean, Linda nice. Carter, yeah, best. I mean, and still is in my mind. You know, mm-hmm. she's like, you know, 
life-size Barbie. Um, <laughs> blue eyes and, and brown hair and gorgeous eyelashes. So yeah. yeah, I loved Linda Carter and I loved Wonder Woman growing up. And I would spin in the backyard for hours. Nice. Uh, hours. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. All right. Last question. If you were a board game, what would it be? Huh. Uh, the word that's coming up is risk, but I don't play risk. Mm-hmm. Isn't risk the one where you're... You basically you take know, over... Take over the world, the right? world, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Maybe if I was a board game, I would... Uh, risk, because I like, uh, you know, I am adventure-driven for happiness, discovery, you know, mm-hmm. ADHD. Mm-hmm. I, am, I am that. I'm driven by adventure. I'm driven by daring. Yeah. Um, I am driven by risk. And I do like the idea of spreading an idea that will saturate the world and make it a better place. Nice. Very cool. Love it. All right. So last but not least, where can my audience find you? So I can be reached at www.marvel village.com mm-hmm. um that's uh that is our website uh, we can be reached on facebook mm-hmm. at the the marvel village we have a facebook page very cool uh, it's private but they you know people can ask if they mm-hmm. want to join part of it mm-hmm. to be part of it and then we have a book that we an interactive book that we're turning into a an app and we're going to be uh releasing that at our local Brambleton library nice um in on August 13th on a Tuesday night so people are welcome to come and Perfect. join that um yeah. the book is uh the book is very special because the illustrations um it was authored it it's been a family affair mm-hmm. and uh my my oldest son's illustration illustrated the book very cool that's so awesome and and the illustrations are now um and the characters are now registered at the uh at the library of congress so it's really special for him that's right and uh we're going to be releasing you know doing um a special meetup kind of meet the young authors Mm -hmm. august 13th over at the brambleton library nice um at 7 p.m and then if people would like to reach out to me personally mm-hmm. maybe they have a question about you know uh, you know uh, neuro inclusion and neurodiversity or their brain and you know finding their inner genius mm-hmm. uh, they can reach out to me directly through email mm-hmm. and i'm at the t-h-e right the marvel village nice. at gmail.com and, uh, yeah, please, uh, you know, send me their questions and, you know, if they're interested in finding our, uh, my Ted talk is already on YouTube. So they oh, can cool. always, awesome. they could search Candice, C-A-N-D-I-C-E, uh, fatty, F-A-T-H-I, and nice. then the word genius, or you can actually just search the word Candice and genius. And yeah. that, that will also reach you there on yep. on youtube i'll have all the links to all of the locations you mentioned in the in the show notes so if anybody wants to get to it they can simply go to the show notes tap on the link and 
you know, yeah. get to the TED Talk, get to the website. Yeah, our website is, is under construction where we do a lot of things for our kids, by our kids, authored, mm-hmm. you know, authored with our kids. And yeah. so it is under construction. So probably the best dynamic live current way to reach me is through email at the, mm-hmm. the Marvel Village at Gmail or through the Facebook page. Nice. No, we, I think we'll have the episode up by then, hopefully. Okay, yeah. Yeah. That would be great. Well, thank you so much. It's been wonderful. It's been a pleasure being yeah, here Yeah, thank today. you so much. Thank you for coming on to the podcast. This was really exciting, really powerful stuff. And looking forward to checking out the YouTube TED Talk again because it was a great talk and I'll be sure to share it with mm-hmm. my friends. Yeah, and finding our genius because yes. we, we all have it. We all have it. We all have it. We all Perfect. are uniquely genius. All right. Well, thank you so thank much. You. you guys have a great day. You have a good day. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. Congratulations. You made it to the end of the episode. Thanks so much for listening to our guest on this episode. Please send me an email at junaid at hexandhobbies.com to tell me what you loved about our guest today. You could find links mentioned in this episode on the hacksandhobbies.com website.